0: If you heard Richard Grove on episode 448, you heard him talking about his Autonomy Academy and his free PDF, 19 Essential Skills for Success Not Taught in School. If you go to freemanbeyondthewall.com forward slash autonomy, there are links there to the 19 skills free PDF and a link to an introduction to autonomy. Thank you very much. Hello, everyone. I want to welcome you to the Free Man Beyond the Wall podcast. This is your host, Pete I invited Ryan Dawson to return to the show. Ryan is the host of the Anti-Neocon Report. He's a documentary filmmaker. The last time he was on, he gave an overview and a lot of background into the Jeffrey Epstein scandal. With Jelaine Maxwell being arrested, I asked him to come on and update us. We're going to talk a lot about possible implications of people in high places. We're going to talk about what Q may get right and definitely gets wrong in this. So, this was a good talk. I look forward to talking to him again. We're already planning on doing that. And I think you're really going to get a lot out of this one. So, without any further delay, here is Ryan Dawson. Ryan, how are you doing today?
1: Not bad. I've been in good spirits ever since they put little Miss Maxwell in prison.
0: Oh, well, that's what we want to talk about today. One of the last times I had you on, you basically ran through the whole J- Jeffrey Epstein timeline, and that uh, you had the board at that time. And I think you've made a poster of it since then.
1: Yeah, that's not it. That's like that is a Epstein map, but the poster I made has has all their faces, and it's way better than what's behind me. It's uh pretty in depth, and I I felt like having the crime map on a poster would be very beneficial to visual learners cuz they can look at it and see the connections a lot of people will be following a thread and then they forget wait who what what financial institution was that or but if it's all laid out in front of you it's a it's a learning tool so it was You're fun making look- it
0: yeah, you're able to look at it and um, it's easier to recall pictures in your mind later than uh, than words are. I mean, I know that's a lot easier for me. So.
1: And you start having an aha moment. Even I did. I knew all the information. I put it on the map and I looked at it and go, oh my gosh, look at this. Look at how these two things slide together. So it's pretty neat. But some of the most basic questions about Epstein were never asked by the press, you know? Like these, they they would get brushed over because the whole, well, obviously the child raping portion of it is, um, I don't know, the most, uh, I want to say alluring, appealing. That's the wrong word, but you know, it's what catches the attention. But I think Les Wexner needs to be answering questions of why would you deed someone a multi million dollar house for $10. Like, what was the backroom deal? right? There obviously had to be something. And no one, he's not been subpoenaed or anything. Right. So, but he might, he might soon.
0: <laughs> so the, how do you pronounce her name? You, I've heard you pronounce it numerous times.
1: So. It's Glenn, but, uh, or Glen, but I call her Lane <laughs> Because that's what she was. <laughs> I have no respect for these people.
0: So, so I, I think the last time we talked, if she came up, she came up in passing. So why don't you start with some backstory on her? Because I know there's a lot of fact and fiction out there, and probably a lot of stuff that's fiction on purpose. So you know, give, give us a background on her.
1: Yeah, she's really in the center there next to her father. So, her. Fa- I think last time I, sh- I talked about her dad more, because I was going through the beginning of the timeline chronologically, and uh, because he <clears throat> he worked with Israeli intelligence, and that is absolutely vital to understand. He helped catch Mordecai Benunu, probably the like before Julian Assange, Edward Snowden, the original OG whistleblower was Mordecai Benunu. He showed the world uh, pictures of Demona in Israel with all their uh, illegal nuclear warheads, uh, which they were able to build. Uh, by stealing physically stealing uranium from the United States as well as trade secrets, and they were able to do that. And I'll I'll, I'll brush over this real fast. I'll, I'll I'll reference to someone else, Grant F. Smith. Grant F. Smith has and and many others, but he's the one with the website, ERMAP, <laughs> that has broken down everything to do with new and Apollo, Pennsylvania, and the theft of uranium. But one of the groups that facilitated this for Haganah, Haganah being the sort of um, Israeli military. Before they had a state, they had a group of terrorists that were smuggling arms and people to Palestine in order to annex that territory and create uh, the Zionist state. There was a group called the Sonborn uh, Group, which had the Sonborn Institute by Rudolf Sonborn. It was a clique of Jewish millionaires that met in New York, They're all Zionists, and they worked with the Jewish agency and Menachem Begin and and Haganah Palmach terrorists to smuggle arms out of the United States to Israel, and this would embolden them to eventually take nuclear weapons. The sort of 2.0 version of that is the mega group, which is what uh, Les Wexner's helped found. He's a co-founder of Wexner. And Bronfman, Edgar Bronfman of the Secret Liquor fame. Uh, they got their start in the mafia and are very, are, well, I wouldn't say they start just started there. They, they never left. <laughs> Wexner too uh, has deep ties to the mafia. Uh, he's the richest man in Ohio, but he has mob ties all the way to Philly and New York and the G syndicate in particular. One of his, um, one of his contacts frank walsh actually got busted in a under RICO um, bribing teamsters with Giovese uh, underlings he was getting sweetheart union contracts this was back in 1988 um, and then he got busted again in 2003 <laughs> same kind of thing but it was a shakedown in philly of a TJ Maxx warehouse and he was working with uh, michael Siakara and and donato diasanti and I don't expect everyone to know those names. I'm just saying them so you can look them up. But but the gist of it is, it goes all the way back to the golden age of mobsters of Meyer Lansky and Traficante and these people. And so the mega group, a lot of them are in their 70s and even 80s. But now there's not a group of millionaires, it's a group of billionaires. And they work for the interests of the Israeli state. And so the way to get a giant like America to move, you can't threaten them with force you can't you can't buy them because they're so rich the way that you manipulate wealthy people is through blackmail and one of the best forms of blackmail you can get is sexual blackmail and the most potent type of sexual blackmail is pedophilia if they'll bite on the hook and disgustingly a lot of people will and this is a way to manipulate um whoever you want politicians scientists uh, tech secrets et etc and this is what the operation was problem was that little miss maxwell and jeffrey were dipping into their own stash maxwell was a procurer of young girls for jeffrey epstein but more importantly she was his contact into this world of espionage and israeli intelligence that she had she was born into it because her father Worked with Israeli Intel. He worked with the Mossad. His eulogy. He was buried in Israel. He's from, He lives in the UK. He's a Czech Jew who married a, a woman in France. That's where they had, Jalan. Uh, but uh, he lived in the UK. and newspapers there. He worked. At, he was actually a rival of Rupert Murdoch for a while. But uh, they murdered him off the Canary Islands because he was trying to shake down the Mossad. And that's just something. Uh, that's just a stupid move. <laughs> But he was in debt because he, he made his fortune by borrowing a lot and and scamming, stealing pensions. He's just one scam after another, and it finally all caught up to him. But his daughter, through guys like Ari Ben-Minashe, who's already come out and admitted this, was who brought uh, Jeffrey Epstein into this world. And, uh, and then Epstein wasn't very good at the first things. They tried gun running and so on, but he was very good at the whole procurement scene and sexual blackmail. And so, because he'd already gone, he was in a school in New York, the Dalton School. What people need to understand is, this is how sick New York and New Jersey are. A lot of these girls' schools and private high schools and and, um, art schools especially already had pedophile rings. It's a breeding ground. Like, you, where else do you have a bunch of young women of the same age, you know, who, are, who also uh, need money and, you know, and pay for the university? So you have some sort of leverage and they're all stuck in one place. You have total control. Predators gravitate to become, you know, teachers, administrators, priests, some sort of occupation where you get to be around children all the time. And so a lot of that already existed before Epstein got his foot in the door. The, the headmaster of the school where he worked because he was a college dropout math teacher was himself um, molesting a 14 year old girl who he had living with him because she couldn't pay for the tuition and room and board. So he, he said, Oh, don't worry. This is a poor family, single mother. Your daughter can stay with us. My My wife's sick. I could use the help and he's molesting this girl. And a lot of the parents of the students of this school are, you know, people from Bear Stearns, like Ace Greenberg and things. And if you read the accounts from a lot of the female employees at these financial institutions, whether it's Goldman Sachs or Bear Stearns or Barclays or what have you, there's just a litany of charges of these guys, you know, changing clothes in front of them, making lewd remarks, sexual advances. It it just went on and on. But they're so wealthy that a lot of these women just – put up with it or don't know who to tell because, you know, rich people live in a different world than you and I, like you can't, are you going to sue a billionaire? Good luck. You're going to really just your word versus theirs in court and they'll smear you and they'll dig through your whole history and, and tear you apart and so on. So that had been going on. That's the kind of environment that allowed for a monster like Jeffrey Epstein is you have all these men that are already chauvinists and acting like this and treating secretaries and things like dirt pretty much and uh and sexual objects that's been going on all throughout the 80s 90s etc. it's gotten better than it was in the past but so this is with the environment they're stepping into and they kind of stumbled in the beginning so miss maxwell used to go around and look for the traditional uh targets that are easily compromised and you know drug addicts runaways troll around the trailer park because for $200 you know most girls will give a hand job because that's a lot of money to them thing is they should never be making that decision because they're kids um and so she'd hang out around schools and parks and and go after a particular type the sort of ballerina thin blonde young braces if possible kind of niche that that Jeffrey Epstein liked and they would do this grooming routine of why don't you give me a massage and i'll just massage my feet then or whatever they needed to do and lure them in a little and little and and throw money at them until until they got them uh some were raped some ran away some didn't take it there you know some got kidnapped some had nowhere else to go some of them had already been raped by other people and got passed around i mean that's this sick world that's sort of this underbelly that we never really see because cops have a uh, very little resources to chase these people down. They're too busy fighting the war on drugs and going after
0: low level, like marijuana offenders or whatever. Yeah. I mean, and, if if we're going to have cops, that's yeah, the if, kind of thing that they should be doing. You know, that's the kind of if people you're going to have.
1: I don't mind having detectives like, that's another show of like (laughs) the (laughs) the police are there to generate revenue for the state when people say oh well who'd you call if your house is being burglarized even if you call the cops now they don't come till after the fact and then maybe they ask you did you see who it was what were they wearing you noticed uh, in Portland and Seattle and so on the cops didn't do anything when there was actually violent crime being done Yeah, little one doesn't want to go to bed over there. (laughs) They don't. They don't show up. Uh, People got shot. People are on film getting assaulted. Stores had their windows broken. Things just wholesale looting. No police around. But when the protests went to the mayor's house, well, well, then now you're talking about uh, the government itself. And so the government thugs came in. They got rid of Chaz or Chop or whatever it was called in like two hours. Done. But when six blocks of the city was stolen by these uh, Marxist lunatics, police didn't do a thing. They just sat there and watched it. That's what people have to understand. Cops aren't there to protect you. They're there to protect the ruling class. And they'll go around and they'll, you know, tackle people for not wearing
0: a mask outside. That Excuse one was, me, that's it. That, <laughs> sounds like me when anyone tries to tell me what to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I started talking about police, and he got f- upset. That's what happened. <laughs> he's got uh, he's got eczema. And it's hard for him to sleep every night. It's oh, just it's a routine man. we got to go through. But it breaks me heart here. And I'm like, yeah. But at least he's safe from people like Maxwell and Epstein. Oh yeah. I man. mean that that's the other thing. They're not even the worst types. As bad as they were, and as all the thousands of women's lives they ruined. There are people that go after babies, toddlers. There have been rings where children are murdered on film, sold for $40,000. You can watch a baby die, right? There's a ring of fathers that were, it's so disgusting, (sighs) trading tapes online of themselves molesting and raping their own daughters. That's the kind of stuff we should be policing and stopping. They spend billions of dollars going after basically victimless crimes on most of the cases. And a lot of these people just that are, even they got people strung out on heroin or whatever. There's a reason they're like that. And a lot of other things that we could change that would help fix those conditions besides throwing people into a cage, you know. But the the problem is it's the affluent that seem to be into kitty fiddling the most. And because no one ever goes after them, because there's never prosecutions, not never. I mean, sometimes they'll get somebody when they've got one foot in the grave, you know, a Dennis Haster or something like a former speaker of the house that raped little boys. Sometimes they just flee to another country and, and, you know, can't get extradited like uh, Roman Polanski or, or uh butcher both of whom were represented by Alan Dershowitz, by the way. And Alan Dershowitz is, uh, even, you know, even if he's completely innocent and he's just oblivious and he just went to these islands and all these properties and he never saw kids like he claims and he got a massage, but it was by adults and he had his underwear on and all the stuff he says, that guy's
0: already irredeemable.
1: Yeah, it's um, we've got to save children, though, and i think there are a lot of police and detectives that say we would like to have more resources for this but it's structured in such a way because they're the they're not there to stop crime they're there to make money for the state that they need to go around and give traffic tickets and pick on people who will comply and just make uh, become road pirates essentially And that just invites the kind of thug culture cop itself to kind of that go around and, you know, beat people, sometimes shoot people. They did no knock raids, sometimes on the wrong houses and kill people. And then they investigate themselves and find no wrongdoing. Right. And that's kind of like why uh, this anti-cop movement has so much, so much support behind it, or at least, if maybe if not join it, no one's going to fight against it because almost everyone I know has a, I got harassed by a police story, right? Almost everyone, every male anyway, I know has been pointlessly harassed by government thugs at some point in their youth. And when I, I, know when I see a cop car in the United States, I don't worry about gangs or any of that. But when I see a police car, I'm like, they're, they're legally allowed to rob me. Right. They can give me a ticket, which is going to make me lose money or whatever, you know, for driving the wrong way, walking the wrong way, anything they accuse me of. I don't want to talk to them because I'm like, well, if I talk to this person this per- and I say the wrong thing, I can end up, you know, any cage or robbed. They can take my property. They can harass me, whatever. So like, they, we need massive police reform in the United States. They need to get rid of asset forfeiture, get rid of no knock raids, get rid of red flag laws. Um, quantitative immunity and you know maybe just police <laughs> but a lot of things right. gotta change
0: all right let's get, we could we could talk about this for hours let's yeah. get back to what we're talking about
1: <laughs> i will say though like in japan it's not like that so there is a way to do it thank you yeah without you know it being the way it is but it is related to what we're talking about because these the reason that they can get away with what they did is they get these sweetheart deals uh, from the lawyers and the judges and the cops. Epstein was bribing the cops. He had them. They were his employees. When he had his little sweetheart deal in Florida, after he was... They called it child prostitution. I, I can't figure out that kind of double talk right there. If she's a child, she's not a prostitute. She's a rape victim. Right? You can't pay children for sex. It's still rape. It's rape you paid for, whatever. It's like, they're a kid, they're a kid. And this girl... The one that he got in trouble was a little, little kid, like 14 years old, right? Who was brave enough to come through. And and exactly, this is the saddest thing. Exactly what they thought would happen is what happened, right? Because everyone says, why didn't you go to the cops? Why didn't you tell on these people if they were doing this? They probably did and nothing happened. And when something finally does happen, they got away with it. They got immunity for all his cohorts and Epstein got... Uh, a small sentence of thirteen months that he never really served because six days a week he was out on work leave right so he he was buying little girls panties from the jail store, and he had uh the the cops that were supposed to be watching him were being his chauffeur and escorting him to his little Palm Beach mansion, where he met guys like james E Staley right uh, who worked for barclay's like these they 're not bothered by what he did at all, right because what he was doing for them uh, made so much money, they just didn't care what his behavior was, uh, raping little kids, uh, half of them probably customers. And that's what we're going to find out a lot more. The other shoe on this case hasn't dropped. I don't think people understand just how big this is. This isn't just a rich guy with you know, fetish for children. This ties to intelligence, this ties to major financial institutions, which also tie back to the same intelligence assets, and they have been using this as a massive international global blackmailing ring of theft of every kind. Uh, we know that the financial institutions engage in many, many forms of theft uh, anyway, You know, from the mortgage-backed security scandals, the... Triple uh, A rated, uh, basically, well, they, what do they call them? Subprime mortgages. <laughs> They're not just subprime. They knew better. Uh, the credit default swaps, which replaced basic insurance, all the kind of scams and things they did. And Epstein was part of that. Epstein set up a, a company uh, called Liquid Funding. And he's not. there's a whole mess of people, like more complex than that thing behind me, of that were involved in this. But it, it was just a scam to move around toxic assets from Bear Stearns to a subsidiary while the rating agencies looked, and then they'd buy them back again the first of the month. Just shifting around things that would make you look like you're in the red. Well, they just make some other company go way in the red, so they look like their books are good, get a rating, and then buy back the assets. Until they could put put commercial paper in them and put them in money markets and just kind of spread the debt around to suckers that would buy these as investments because the aiding agencies lied to them and they lied to them because they bribed them to do it. <clears throat> and it looks like they may have not just bribed them to do it, but blackmailed them to do it. None of these people are going to come out and say, yeah, I was blackmailed because I was pork in a 12 year old or whatever. They're going to say, Oh, well, he yeah, has greasy palms. You know, it's a slide, some cash cashier there. You already make millions of dollars. How big a bribe does this have to be for you to risk your creative? It's not from bribery. Most of the time it's blackmail. That's a sec. And then they know it. And that is how the world works in these businesses. They target these people. And a lot of these guys, you know, you get them drunk, you get a little 17 year old or a group around and, it's, and it only takes one vulnerable moment for them to slip. And then you got them. I have no sympathy still, because you should never even be around these kids. And it baffles me that there's, they're asking these weird questions, for example, about Virginia Giffray and Prince Andrew. I, obviously, they're photographed together, but the, the, the easier question to ask is, okay, if you, even if you think she's lying, exaggerating, whatever, there's no way a little kid would know what the interior of Little St. Jeffrey Island looked like and all unless she was there. And why the hell do you have a fifteen-year-old who is not your daughter, not your niece, not related to you in any way? You say she's working for you at a private island, living in your house. That's it's just kidnapping. That's all it is. And we, so she is telling the truth. I'll tell you another part of her testimony that slam dunk is uh, Glenn Dubin raped her. He's a billionaire, and his wife used to be a girlfriend of Jeffrey Epstein, Ava Dubin, um, former Miss Sweden. They had a daughter that Jeffrey also talked about wanting to marry. But uh, in her testimony, she gave massages to both of them, and Ava Dubin was pregnant, and she knew the hotel they stayed in. She knew that she was pregnant. And so a kid, first of all, doesn't know who the hell Glenn Dubin is right? It's these, they're billionaires, but they're not famous like Bill Gates or Prince Andrews. This is just a guy in the financial business that, that most people would never know their name until the Epstein thing. How, why does she know you, know your wife, know when your wife was pregnant, know that while she was pregnant, also stayed at this particular hotel in Florida you knew the exact day, can describe the hotel because it's true. That's why, right? And so where they're saying, it's our word against theirs. No, it's not. The details that this woman is giving and that she gave back then, right? She gave them back in 2015 as well, match with reality. Did you stay at the hotel? Yes, you did. Was your wife with child? Yes, we know that she was. Uh, So it all matches out. That's why people like Alan Dershowitz and Prince Andrew, despite what he says, need to be sweating right now. Because there are photographs of these people. We have flight logs of these people. We know where they were going and what they were doing. And there's so many witnesses and victims coming forward. And then we have more victims coming forward just just in the last few weeks, ever since Maxwell got thrown in jail. It seems like until that happened, they were afraid. And I think some of them still are scared because, as you know, one of the judges, Judge Salas, who was – She's looking into the Deutsche Bank affair and why they would allow these super high risk clients like Jeffrey Epstein to basically do whatever he wanted. They tried to assassinate, her, or somebody did. How often do does uh, a hitman go to a judge's house and try and shoot them? And when's the last time that happened? That's a hundred fifty thousand dollar contract in the mob to kill a judge. By the way, it seldom occurs, and you can't prove that. Uh, the Ma- that Maxwell syndicate tried to kill the judge, but it was only five days after she was given the case on Epstein, somebody tried to kill her and then he killed himself, right? And it just smells fishy to me. But she was, they didn't get her, killed her son, unfortunately, shot her husband, unfortunately, but the judge is still there and the case is still going. And I hope Deutsche Bank is fried. I have zero sympathy for these people. The theft, rape, they're all psychopaths and they are not just doing this for income or, you know, personal wealth. These people have, can't even spend the money they already have. This is about control. And it's about using these kids basically as bait to entrap people in honey traps so that they can steal science and technology for the state of Israel. And all these people have something in common. They're all Zionist the mega group was formed by hardcore Zionists. They're the second generation of these folks and all they've ever done is illegal activities and human trafficking and smuggling guns and uh, all this white collar crime in the financial institutions. And it always benefits the Israeli state. This is why when people ask why if there's an occupation of Palestine for more than 40 years, has it never been on television? now you know it's not because of journalists the, the journalists are interested in these stories everyone's interested in the epstein story everybody that's there, any little two sentences of information that's new everyone wants to know it's the editors above them that aren't allowing them to cover the story and it's the owners above the editors that are telling the editors don't say anything about epstein uh it's been said on shows like yours and on like YouTubers and things like that, but it is not really being covered by the three-letter networks. All their their level of coverage is basically Clinton, Trump, Prince Andrew, and a rich guy, and, you know, in the Caribbean, and did it all by himself. They're not mentioning that Jeffrey Epstein and Les Wexner set up the Wexner Foundation and financed Ahud Barat a Prime Minister of Israel who protected uh, international rapists like Ari Sher, whose president was Moshe Katzev who was also convicted of rape. Uh that's not in there. Ahud Omar as well, another prime minister of Israel, also in Jeffrey Epstein's black book, also accused of sexual harassment. He stuck his tongue in a Israeli journalist's ear and all these filthy people and uh Kraft who got caught um uh, I would say forcefully getting happy endings in Florida from uh, Chinese women that were trafficked to Florida. And this is a billionaire, right? This is a billionaire. He owns a football team. He works with uh, um, Apollo. And what is he doing? Right. You know, why Why not just go to Vegas and buy a prostitute legally, right? Because it's because they, they don't care whether it's legal or not. He needed it now and he wanted it there, you know? These people are probably doing these kind of things every day. They're addicted to it and they just buy women. Um, And, and that firm, Apollo Global Management also had a little uh, circle of subsidiaries where Jeffrey Epstein would, he'd set up an LLC usually or something and he would funnel money into them and the money would come right back to Epstein. What's going on there? like why do they need him what is he being paid for exactly there's this weird llc called it was like bv70 like what there wasn't a real name you know <laughs> but that's what they were using and uh it goes right into jeffrey epstein once again so you you got to wonder why is he tied to all these billionaires these aren't just uh like famous names like you know uh, kevin spacey and Oh, um, you know, some of the like Hollywood people, well, Harvey Weinstein, for example, oh, what well, he may have been a billionaire too, <laughs> I should come to think of it. He's also in jail. So it means you can win. But the guys I'm more interested in are like the Dubins and the Crafts and the Wexners and the Bronfmans and the Israeli prime ministers. Uh, and then, yeah, sure. Bill Clinton, former president. What was he doing down there? He denied ever being on Epstein's planes and then he was forced to admit it, right? And you think, okay, so follow up on that story. You think the Republicans would be all over that, right? Nope. Then there's no one's asking these questions. Like I predicted where Glenn Maxwell was. I said she's still in the United States.
0: Who's financing the Republican Party right now? The whole Republican Party is basically being financed by Sheldon Adelson. Mm-hmm. Another right. Zionist who owns a newspaper in Israel that's given away for free.
1: Mm-hmm. That's why Dershowitz is working for the Trump administration. I mean, that was Sheldon Adelson money. That's why John Bolton was brought in. He was finally fired, but he was brought in because Sheldon wrote a check. Right? They can't really go after the Democrats on this because they're engaged in the same kind of activities, and so it's a kind of a mutual destruction what what was it we used to have with the Soviet union assured mutual destruction. I think that's what it was called. Mad.
0: Mutually so, assured destruction, mad. Yeah.
1: Mutually scared destruction. That's pretty much what you got going on, on, on the, on the leadership level of these parties. And we've seen that, um, from what seems mild now, like Newt Gingrich cheating on his wife, who was dying of cancer, um, uh, to Dennis Hastert, who is raping kids at a wrestling school uh, all these speakers of the house, even the spiritual advisors of the presidents, Jesse Jackson, adultery, Ted Haggard, adultery with a homosexual and did crystal meth. He was Bush's spiritual advisor. I don't know why the even have spiritual advisors for one, but then why are they all, how can your spiritual advisor be committing adultery and doing hard drugs and all that, you know, but that's the way it is. And, um, Richard Pearl used to talk about something called total data awareness. And what he was talking about was the base, the database. uh, There have different databases. That's what Al Qaeda was, was a database of uh, diaspora foreign fighters that were willing to come to Saudi Arabia and fight in Afghanistan. But um, they have kind of like what J Edgar Hoover had with his G-men, right? He had a list and he had blackmail on, and he would, he wouldn't use it to destroy a career he'd use it to control it. It was a way of saying, well, you know, once I caught you, uh, engaged in homosexuality, which was so taboo back in the sixties, you know, that was not like now it was basically like child molesting. And I'm not making that comparison. I'm saying that's how they, people used to view it. That's
0: well, all. It was considered a mental disorder up until what? 1970. Something like that. I mean, like in the, it, according to the american psychiatric association
1: yeah and that i mean that's how they used to sp- they think about it like that and uh, you know that makes you wonder about a lot of the things today that they say are people are mentally ill because xyz and i think well, maybe you're mentally ill <laughs> maybe it's the sick society that's making these judgments you know and then again
0: so- you have a lot of people who are trying to normalize what we're talking about right here you know? yeah So they,
1: it is a step they're trying to slide that in and you know they think of psychopathy as normal right Ted Kaczynski would talk about this but a lot of these lawyers like yeah I got him off that was my job do you have any moral qualms about that no because it was my job <laughs> like let's ask if you had a legal qualms. I said, did you have any moral qualms they don't know what morals are What's that mean, right? That's Dershowitz. He's defending, like, it's not your job because you can, when you find out what they did, you can just recuse yourself and say, no, I don't want to defend you. So get a different lawyer. That's all you got to do. You know, and I was talking about Robert Kraft earlier who got caught, but Leon Black, who he worked for, um, he started the Leon Black Family Foundation, which um, received money or gave money to Jeffrey Epstein and Jeffrey Epstein had this thing called gratitude, America, how patriotic, right? And, uh, was getting millions, tens of millions of dollars from, uh, LLCs from Leon black is using what's, what are you paying for exactly? Because the lard house where Jeffrey's supposed to have worked as a hedge fund manager has no records. Like where are all the transactions? He seems to have had one client, Les Wexner. Gives him a $77 million house for $10. That's the first question that should be asked. Why, Mr. Billionaire, did you give away a home that was so big, it used to be a children's school? Isn't that sick? A children's school that becomes the largest mansion in New York, and you sold it for $10? what did he have on you or are you working together? Cause it's gotta be one of those two things. I think you're working together. <clears throat> and then you look at the Barry Kirscher and, uh, and Dershowitz and the uh, people that come running to his defense. They're all ADL recipients. They're all hardcore Zionists. And, uh, and they're like, well, this has to be covered up. And right now they're trying to do damage control. But people know who, glenn maxwell's father was they do now and guys like gordon thomas wrote books about it uh about robert maxwell he's probably the most damaging uh spy other than jonathan pollard in the history of espionage against the united states and there's actually a relationship with pollard in this group too because you can trace through pollard and Raphael adington and uh, the same mob syndicates through guys like uh, um, Donato Risanti Santi and Michael Siakara and uh, some of these Traficante guys as well go right back to Wexner, which go in the Bronfmans, which goes into Mega, which sponsored Epstein. And uh, there's another Bear Stearns in the Bronfmans are related too they with, through Joseph Chitome. I think I talked about that last time, so I've got to go over that again, but some of the uh, corporate takeovers they were doing um, go straight back to the same clique of billionaires, and these same guys are financing Israeli politicians. That's the part of the story that's not going to be on Netflix or ever spoken of on television. But with maxwell in jail weinstein's in jail because weinstein knew these people weinstein went to prince andrew's birthday party with uh jeffrey epstein and glenn maxwell i have a picture of the three of them at a costume party it was it was like pimps and hoes really um really good theme there and above it there is i just wrote jail dead jail because harvey's in jail maxwell's in jail and epstein's dead and he was murdered in jail. They knew each other. And so when the story of Harvey Weinstein and how he was advised by Ehud Barak to use black cube, uh, sort of private eyes of former Mossad agents that went around and harassed his own rape victims on his behalf, they all knew each other. Right? This is a clique. And the rape in Hollywood is very real. And Weinstein had to know what Jeffrey was doing and Jeffrey knew what Weinstein was doing because they, they they enjoy raping people. and But they finally are getting prosecuted. And I don't think, for lack of a better word, I hate saying elites or, you know, I hate all those terms. But the powers that be, the deep state, whatever you want to call them, have never been more vulnerable than they are right now because they did a lot of these crimes pre-internet and they were really sloppy and that black swan is something they didn't see coming and this is really our only chance because they're going to clean up their act after this but they messed up so bad and were so sloppy and left a paper trail they thought would never matter because they run the press and they're just not going to cover it well this thing called the internet came along and forced this to become a story right and everybody did their little part. There's no like one person or something. It was just sort of everything from, you know, libertarian Institute to Q and to people on YouTube podcast. It was just a global, right. Talking about this story, talking about it for a long time. And then bam, 2019, he's suddenly in jail, right? Cause Clinton's no longer president. Obama's no longer president. Bush is no longer president. Uh, and Trump had his personal beef with Wexner. I'm not saying Trump would ever do anything <laughs> because it's right. This is all for himself. They they had property disputes around Mar Largo and so on. So, and Trump hangs out with mafia types. Uh, I did a whole movie about it about his ties to Bob LaBooty and the Gambinos and so on. But I've never seen anything in any of my research on Trump that showed he was raping little children did he helicopter or allow other people to helicopter cocaine into Atlantic City and did he you know do some less than questionable deals with uh Tony Salarno and and the way that uh, a lot of his building projects went and firing people without paying him and all that kind of just normal New Yorker real estate tycoon asshole typical thing yes he did but uh (laughs) I can look past all that. I, I'll I i can not look past it, but I can just put that on hold because I'd much rather go after these people that are abusing children. That is the well, lowest thing there if, is. If you're
0: gonna bring if you're gonna bring Trump up here, some people may um use that try to use that as a jumping off point where you're saying, Well, if he doesn't really like Wexner, then QAnon.
1: Yeah, I mean <laughs> QAnon is what you know it's it's first of all that um
0: six CIA agents sitting in the QAnon (laughs) got
1: Alex Jones a long time ago like whatever it started as it got steered off a cliff long ago and they really started pushing the like loose change Judy Wood version to make a a 9-11 analogy on Q with this Wayfair cabinet crap and it's PizzaGate 2.0. So you take a legitimate issue that had they were kind of sniffing up the you know the right trail, and just derail it right. And just go, just start feeding them disinfo. But I would say because there are a lot of spooks in QAnon and they have completely subverted it into you know kook land, as I like to say. But that means they were worried about it because if they had to subvert it, they were afraid. That means something that people were saying in there was right, and they had to cover it up with a bunch of wrong. Uh, I used to put my maps in there. I I, I couldn't. I can't stand those kind of things. I don't understand Q or any of the chans or any of that stuff. But I'm like, well, let's steer them on the right path, right? I can give the evidence for everybody I'm talking about, and they there was a lot of eyeballs on it, and it, that's what matters. Like what they would love the most. Is just no one talking about it, no one knowing anything about it. Even when people get it wrong, the fact that they're so interested in looking for the truth all the time means they have to spend resources online to these people and putting out disinformation. And they did that. They did that with QAnon. They did it with Occupy Wall Street. They did it with the Tea Party. They did it to Black Lives Matter. They take whatever the thing is, it starts off with one thing and then it gets derailed and taken over by spooks. But uh, through all that, uh, there are... Just, there are plenty of people that just can ignore all that. And say, okay, you're a bunch of always Trumpers over here, never Trumpers over there. But there are plenty of journalists with nuanced opinions that can admit, yeah, Trump did this, this, and this. But uh, just because just because someone's pictured with Jeffrey Epstein doesn't mean they're best friends, right? Oh, Elon Musk was there. Well, okay, but where's the evidence? Other, than, you know, rich people go to parties or whatever, <laughs> like that I've had my photograph of all kinds of people. I've interviewed all kinds of people that make me agree with any of those people or all those people or, or some, it's just the way it is. Um, but there yeah, if is people a, wanna,
0: if people want to take pictures with you, you, you you're not like, okay, wait a minute, who are you? You're just like, okay, let's take a picture together. Uh, whatever.
1: I've had random people just cause I have a twin brother take pictures with us cause they thought that was neat. And I have no <laughs> idea who they are. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, like whatever. Um, I've been on most of the major networks. I don't agree with any of them. They cut up what I said. <laughs> you know, they don't invite me anymore. But um, not the foreign networks too. I never get on US. I haven't been on US uh, major media since like 2010 or something. It's been over 10 years. Uh, I think that was The Daily Show too. So not really. Doesn't really count. <laughs> I did get a piece. Uh, I talked forever. To MSNBC about the housing scandal, and they used like 15 seconds of what I said. <laughs> I was <laughs> ashamed to tell people that I was on because it ended up just being a little soundbite of nothing. And I'm like, that was like the least important thing I said of all the things I was saying. So I don't, I won't even if if I was asked in the future, I would just say no because you're just gonna use what you want and you know. I'm not doing it. I'm not giving me any credibility or whatever. So, but they're not covering this really. And we've seen stories, I think CBS, who's Dana Rosenbach. I forget what are the, you know, this she, is was, she was at ABC, ABC and then
0: she had the story at ABC and they squashed it. And I think she ended up at CBS after that.
1: Yeah. You got it right. It's, I don't like to me like CNN, ABC, CBS, I'm like they're all just it's all the same talking heads. You can see them do the same talking points on different network with the exact same sentence, phrase, etc. It's it's well, it's there nuts, was but.
0: there was a time when every evening newscast their lead story, what was the lead story from the New York Times every morning, I and you could that. just predict it. You could just mm-hmm. predict it up until a certain point. I think after 2012. do you
1: see the New York Times blamed uh, this, the kaboom in Lebanon on Hezbollah? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was joking with Scott Horton about it. I guess, watch them blame Iran. I was like, or Russia, or this, or this, or this, or this. And we were being facetious. And then they did blame Iran. They're like, Hezbollah, backed by Iran, blah, 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 blah. And uh, on the other side, they're predictably at papers that blamed the Israelis. And like, well, for once... It was neither. It it takes a government to store two thousand tons of ammonium nitrate next to a fireworks store, but there is video footage of the fireworks store on fire which spread and you can see the flashes of the magnesium fireworks, does that so bright there? In the explosion which blew up. But you gotta wonder why are you storing this stuff in a port in Beirut to begin with? For what purpose? You know, do you have a little a little black market selling AFO, ANFO, excuse me, ANFO. It's a ammonium nitrate. Well, you know oh, you know where my oh,
0: conspiracy I, mind went immediately after I saw that, right? Huh. Carol Baskin? All that, all that, yeah. All that didn't take out a grain silo, but World Trade Center 7, hmm.
1: Right. Oh, and the grain silo apparently was like 80% of their wheat or something. I thought, well, y'all must not be eating a lot of bread if it fits in there. <laughs> It's like you can see three of those in uh, Currytuck, North Carolina, it's the same size. I don't know. But uh, yeah, well, building seven was. um.
0: Let's not get I, on that. But I was
1: going to say it would be funny if Jane Stanley <laughs> predicted that uh, that this storage facility had blown up while it's still in the background.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah.
1: 20 minutes before it blows up. Oh, wait, that one.
0: So let me let, let me jump off a little bit on Maxwell again. There have been people are saying because we haven't seen her, because we haven't seen pictures of her, that she's dead. They're just using this in the background. They're releasing information they already had and they're using her as an excuse to put, oh, she's saying this, she's saying that. What do you say to that?
1: No, I mean she her she Skyped in or I don't know if it was Skype, but she did some sort of voiceover IP so they heard heard her artist renditions. You don't usually get mugshots of people, like give me mugshots of anyone else at the same facility. You gotta really dig. You usually end up with those after people die, but
0: well there's no perp um, walk or anything like that. I mean in any because way, she's embarrassed.
1: Form. She does not this is a woman that has to be powerful and in charge. She's total narcissist, right? She was screaming, why is this happening to me? I know Lady Rothschild. She's, and she doesn't want to face the victims because here she is wearing paper clothing so she can't hang herself with it, uh, you know, in shackles. And she doesn't want to be there while her victims are there smiling, well-dressed, free, you know, and now she's just beneath them living in a cell wearing a paper dress. It's humiliating. So I don't even think she has COVID. I think she just says I have COVID because she cannot bear having to face her victims. And I don't think that, um, people like Anna Farmer and stuff that, that, uh, spoke for the prosecution would go along with a fake arrest of killing Maxwell. I mean, so when she gave her testimony, you know, she she saw her on the screen and she and there are artist renditions of it and stuff, and she heard her voice and she's there, she's in jail. I and mean, get that out of the way. That's saying Epstein's still alive or all, all that, that's that's to derail this whole thing. And they added to that, if you notice Epstein's still alive and fled to Israel, that makes people that connect the dots to Israel seem like kooks, right? Because they say Israel and then something crazy in the same breath, right? That's what they try to do. Uh, it's like when Jim Fetzer and Veterans Today first blame the first kook theory about Sandy Hook was an Israeli hit team went in and shot all the kids. No, an Israeli hit team did not do that. But you don't. Israel's guilty of plenty of crimes. You don't have to start making them up, right? But what they do is they make up crazy and say Israel, Israel, so that when someone is talking about an actual crime that Israel does, they get lumped in with the people that just just say you know it's the jews or whatever all the time and you know i i can't stand those people it's, I have an ongoing battle with with all those types
0: well yeah you're um, one of the you're like me is you realize that there is a people who call themselves call themselves jewish and then there are the zionists and mm-hmm. whenever you see whenever you're calling out a crime of the israeli state or what the israelis what israeli intelligence does around the world it's zionists it's not jews most people can't It's pretty
1: simple you know when i'm criticizing nigeria it's not because i hate black people it's because nigeria sucks (laughs) it's like it's got nothing to do with the race or the religion or whatever they might think like that but i don't um the thing what difference is is like if let's say I'm criticizing Saudi Arabia or whatever, it's not because I hate Muslims, it's not because I hate Arabs, but you can see that they have neighbors that are also Muslim Arab states, but there's only one Jewish state. So with the other example, like, well, I don't like Nigeria, but I'm cool with Botswana or whatever, you know, or I don't like Saudi Arabia, but I'm better with Syria. Well, recently, maybe not, but, you know, but there's no example. There's just Israel right so if you don't like israel it's because you hate jews I mean, that's ridiculous um jewish supremacist is the problem not jewish and but they use that sort of uh as a shield the sort of accusations of racism anti-semitism bigotry whatever it's a way of shutting things down that criticize legitimate criticism of the insane things that the israel state does they call themselves a Jewish state. I don't call them that. I call them Israel. That's the name of the state, is Israel. And they'll say Israel's a Jewish state. I said, No, it's not. That's like calling America the white state, as it's mostly white or whatever. It's nothing to do with the pigment. It's a nationality based on a history and culture and so on. And so you can't put that on Jews. Like look at all the Jews that don't live in Israel. There are more that don't live in Israel that do live in Israel. So you can't claim that. Uh, and so on. There's more whites that live outside of the U.S. than in. And da, da, da. But that's the kind of identity politics we're dealing with. It's like the light switch brain, we call it. It's A or B all the time, right? It's got to be one or the other. And it's pretty sad. But you th- I think it gets like that because actual racists do think like that. A Jewish supremacist does divide the world into us and them, of the of Jews and Gentile or the Goyim or whatever, but normal people don't think like that. It just doesn't even register in their mind. You know? It's like I don't check to see if someone's right or left-handed. It doesn't matter. But you know, someone that that's their identity, they gotta check. I I know, like all the time, people ask, like, how Native American are you? Like, why are Native Americans the only ones that have to like prove their Indianness? You know, like how much blood? No one asks anyone else that question. <laughs> But it's the kind of people that are obsessed with genetics and all that, that, that think in that way. I've never thought like that, but, uh, it is important to bring up because every time you criticize Israel, you're going to get that canard of, uh, you're anti-Semitic. You want another Holocaust to happen, blah, blah, blah. I say, no, I just don't want you to shooting Palestinian children, you know.
0: Well, this is the part where I tell you how you can support the Free Man Beyond the Wall podcast. You can go over to Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash Mance You can go to my website, freemanbeyondthewall.com forward slash store. You can do it there annually. You can do it for fiat and you can do it for cryptocurrency or you can do a one time donation at paypal.me forward slash Mance Raider. Thank you very much. Can I ask you about that? When I want ask About, you, um, last yeah. time I had you on, I had some people contact me and ask why I was having a Holocaust denier on.
1: Right, yeah, that's stupid.
0: So, And they were providing screenshots too. Right,
1: what they did is they took screenshots, I don't know exactly where that comes from, Adam Holland was this guy, I don't know, it was called The Interpreter, I think it was called, whatever. Same guy said that Ron Paul, racist newsletters, went after Scott Horton, Glenn Greenwald, all that, and I was lumped in there, and he said, he had this title, it like three different lies in the same titles. Like RT's, I don't work for RT, never did. It said RT's something, Holocaust denier and friends with hate criminals. And I don't have hate criminal friends, I'm not a Holocaust denier, and I don't work for RT. So you got all three of those things wrong. What he did was uh, I interviewed a guy named David Cole, who, wa- who was, past tense, a revisionist in the 90s. He's a Jewish revisionist and then change, you know, found better evidence to change his mind. And I didn't even interview him about that. I interviewed him about a book he wrote called uh, Republican Party Animals about how he had faked his death and how um, because of his his views, even though they were wrong, he got um, jumped and got knocked out on Thanksgiving Day. And at, it was it's stupid to say like, oh, well, because I interviewed a guy in 2014 who back in 1993 when i was like a kid <laughs> had bad views in the holocaust that i must have those same views that he used to have i've never expressed those views and i've always gone after um exaggerations and things because i think and i do the same thing with 9-11 and iraq and everything else like i'm like no there there's no missile at the pending. i know that wasn't lampshades and soap. like stop saying stuff like that because When you say these kind of wild exaggerations about that or global warming or whatever, we say the earth is going to be gone in 10 years and it's not, you know, then it makes you, the rest of what you're saying, even if it's true, it casts doubt on the whole thing. And so absolutely people were put in camps in Poland and Germany and were murdered. There's just overwhelming evidence Exactly how many and what methods and all you can debate about and stuff. Actually, you can't. It's illegal, but you should be allowed to. But this is part of the light switch brain stuff. It's the same thing with September Eleventh. If I ask questions about why was there a twelve to one uh call to put ratio? Oh, and or if I debunk an exaggeration like them saying, um, I don't know, it was holograms or whatever, and I go, that's not true. Oh, so you believe the official story? It goes straight to that, right yo you think there were airplanes ha 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 you know
0: yeah, false dilemma fallacy there's only two choices, and if you you have to choose one or the other if you don't if you don't believe one, you automatically believe the other, that's like just a typical a d i q on social media kind of thing
1: mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> I actually made a film on the Holocaust going over the the stupidity on both sides, so there was psy war psych warfare propaganda about. Um, a couple of camps like Dachau and Buchenwald and stuff. But that doesn't mean thus nothing happened. I <laughs> you know, you don't know how you make that jump. <clears throat> and there's also dumb things on the revisionist side like quoting the Red Cross numbers say there's only 295,000 deaths, whatever. And it's like, yeah, and the, the, that's just in Germany. That doesn't include any of the camps in Poland, which is where 98% of the Holocaust happened. You know, so that's... I just go after exaggerations. I've never been a denier. Uh, I've actually, I argued with Eric Hunt, who was like the top denial guy and flipped him and changed his mind. And now he's completely against all that. So the guys, I won those arguments. Like I went into David Cole and I talked about Belzick and all that. And now he agrees with me. And I went to Eric Hunt and I kept questioning him about Auschwitz and stuff. And now he agrees with me. So these are people that used to be deniers, wrote about it, all that, made films about it, had a conversation with me, and I got them to change their mind. Not all by myself, but they looked, at, they listened, then they, you know, and a lot of these guys aren't. They're not doing it to hurt people. Like that's what they actually believe, and it's because there's a lot of shit on the internet that goes around unchallenged. That can kind of catch somebody, you know, they start to doubt because our government lies about everything else, right? WMDs in Iraq, whatever. So they're like, What about World War II, right? And they get caught in this sort of dark zone. And because you're not allowed to have an open discussion about it, they're not hearing the counter argument. So they get they're just hearing all these stuff from revisionists or deniers, whatever the little spectrum there, and they're not hearing the counter argument and they never will because it's so taboo to even say and so they get they get sucked down in this hole i'm one of these people who are like i'll go engage those people i will I'll argue with racists i'll argue with uh holocaust deniers i'll i'll argue with uh school shooting deniers i'll argue with 911 people I'll argue all that Now i have my own conspiracy about 911 but it's very different than the i don't talk about physics or any of that stuff i think uh I think there definitely was state covert state sponsorship for Al-Qaeda, and always has been, still is, and still going on in Syria. Um, So I'm not dismissive of conspiracies categorically. I don't think Assad gassed his own people. I don't think Saddam Hussein ever had WMDs, and I think we knew that. In fact, I know that, because if they really believed he had mobile weapons labs and all that, they wouldn't have made up the Niger forgeries. Which is something you can't say is a mistake because you had somebody had to forge a name on documents that were obsolete and so on. So that's intentional deception. So they because they lie about wars all the time, the Gulf of Tonkin apparently never happened when you got the signal intelligence to prove that. So I understand why people get they get red pilled too fast on too many issues, and then somebody's like, Oh yeah, how about the Holocaust? And they're willing to listen. And you really got to blame this on the people that lie constantly to get us to war, right? They, every time you lie about anything, if you're the state, you're undermining everything else that's real, all right? And that's what they've done. And so there, the criticism of me, no, it's not because I, I've never said nobody died in the Holocaust or anything crazy like that. I'm the one arguing against that. But they say that about me anyway, because they don't like my anti-war views and they don't like my anti-Israel views. So that's just something they say, like, hey, you're a Holocaust scenario. Why? Because you talk to somebody that used to be one or you talk to somebody who was I'm like, did you listen to what I said? Because I won that debate, you <laughs> know, whatever. So that's what they're going to smear me with. People who know me know that's not true. And I'm like, all my videos are there. Show me that, you know, link to one where I'm saying this. They, you don't take a sentence out of it or a screenshot of this and that. Go watch the whole thing and I'm very open about it. I'm willing to debate anybody about those topics. Like there's, there's, I don't, I don't, it's such a silly thing. I mean, we have piles of bodies and I don't know how many witnesses. I mean, I would agree the Nuremberg trials were a bit of a kangaroo court and all that because the allies were guilty of many of the same crimes. You just can't jump for that to thus no Holocaust. You know, like I'm more, I think it was larger in particular in Japan, I I think the, because this being the anniversary tomorrow of Nagasaki, I think those death counts are actually much larger than what's admitted. So, um, and usually through time, you discover more death, not less, right? The Civil War, we're now finding out was a lot bloodier than we used to think, which is just sad. So, I'm sorry people jumped on you for that, but it's,
0: you know. It's never anybody who is of substance you know as people who you know just are on facebook and they just and twitter i mean it's like i talked attention to themselves you know
1: scott ritter got caught jacking off to 15 year old or something but he wasn't really because it was a cop pretending to be a, a girl whatever the thing was i'm like yeah well i didn't know that when i was talking to him and i don't know if it's even true i know that's what he's accused of but like even if he's into that weird stuff he was still right about there not being weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, right? Which is what I'm talking about. So there there are some people that really suck on certain issues, but like at least they're anti-war or at least they're this or that. And that's what I, I want to know about. Yeah, I'm, If you have to do the purity test on every single guest, I could only talk to Ron Paul. You know, there's no, <laughs> no one's going to pass oh, every. Uh, well, what about you know? the racist
0: newsletters, Ryan?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, he didn't do those, so.
0: <laughs> but that doesn't matter. His name was yeah, it on does so. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know. And, oh, well, here's the other thing about the irony of this Adam Holland guy that was accused me of being a neo-Nazi and whatever. He actually supported actual neo-Nazis in Ukraine that were of the Stefan Bandera crew that I was opposed to. And that, you can tell his real motive because he put RT in the title, like RT's, oh, that's what it was, RT's human rights activist, da 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 he wanted to smear RT because RT was largely, you know, ag- against the whole George Soros narrative on Ukraine, uh, albeit because it's Russia today and they're going to be on Team Russia. But it happened to be true. So it was easy for them to be on the right side because <laughs> their side was actually in the right. Uh, if they had not been in the right, I'm pretty sure RT would still have been on the Russian side because it's Russia today. But uh crimea was not invaded that was a result of it wasn't annexed it was a referendum that the population passed because the people in Kiev tried to out- all the russian language had always done regional scapegoating and so on and so on so the real beef they had is that they wanted to smear rt through me so some of the worst things you can say about somebody is oh holocaust now and it shows something too is like that was back in 2014 or whatever when i interviewed david cole i also interviewed michael piper about jfk and they're like well piper had this and that view on on the holocaust i'm like well, i didn't talk to him about it you know like i can't i can't get every view of every guest you know i was like well okay well i don't agree with that then but you know we were talking about jfk so whatever it never
0: came up um, i was having some fun this week um I interviewed Curtis Yarvin, Menchus Mulbug.
1: Menchus Mulbug.
0: Yeah, yeah Mulbug. Yeah. Yeah, and um, after I interviewed him and released the interview, I started putting out pro monarchism tweets just like not you know not obvious, just like, huh, isn't it interesting that the the most stable countries in the Middle East are all monarchies. And it just like, like all these left libertarians, they lost their minds. It was, and they're all troll tweets. And I would mm. like, I'm in a private chat with people and like, watch this next tweet. It's going to make people insane and everything. Yeah, and just doing, like it to, the, uh, just doing it to have fun, you know?
1: <laughs> I always argue that the, the UAE isn't successful because of the monarchs, but because it's a confederacy too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: people are insane man they just want attention from people who have success
1: it's cancel culture though it's like i found a witch to burn i get points you know <laughs> it's uh I, I don't know like i i do hate how the holocaust is used to justify some of the things that Israel's doing because i don't see the connection i'm like well what did the palestinians have to do with any of that nothing right blame the nazis nazis are gone so you know that's done it sucks they're not it's not unique you know look at what happened to, in china and the soviet union and korea and and ukraine and almost at the same time the big famine in bengal and the congo like millions of people unfortunately dying is not rare it's happened to many people the what is weird is that we have this central focus on the Holocaust because it's one that America didn't do, right? Whereas America did nuke Japan and America was involved in removing 44 million Africans out of African slave trade and so on and so and America was genociding American Indians and America, you know, America's usually the one that involved in Latin America and so on. But ah, we didn't do that one, Germans did it. So that's the biggest crime in all of history. But more, the Irish potato famine, you can go through the Armenian genocide and so on. So many, uh, the starvation recently, like 2006 in the Horn of Africa, 2.5 million people starved, uh, The The genocide in Yemen right now, right? No attention. Then there never will be because the U.S. has a hand in it. And I think that's just the saddest thing going on right now is watching those kids in Yemen that just have no support. It's, it's unfixable. They're dying. They're starving. I know about it. There's nothing I can do about it. I feel like there's our Holocaust happening right now. We're talking about the one from 80 years ago. Why don't we stop the ones that are occurring right in front of us? And you can't. And unfortunately, people like me that try to make films about Yemen and talk about it, are being blackballed and censored and kicked off and called a Holocaust denier and all this other crap because it works. Like the accusation of racism or something horrible gets you canceled and you can't possibly know where all everyone is talking trash about you. You can't monitor the whole internet. So someone will just go behind my back on any interview I do and be like, do you know this about that guy? And I wish people would say, "Who tell me, like, well, who told you that? You know, so, so I can defend myself. But that's just what they're going to do and because they know that guilt by association works. Um, so I, I feel like that has to die. Like that whole, uh, you're bad because Kevin, whatever degrees of Kevin Bacon to some person, you know. If I had a chance to talk to Louis Farrakhan or something like that, I probably would. If I could have talked to Gaddafi or Osama bin Laden, I probably would have. You know, it's not going to make change. They're not going to change my mind. You know,
0: <laughs> you know, who my dream interview is after you, of course. Um,
1: Kate, I, Kate Beckinsale.
0: I, I'd love to talk to Ted Kaczynski.
1: Oh, yeah. I've written him actually.
0: <laughs> I've <laughs> got here. Here's
1: a creepy thing. I've gotten mail from the Unabomber.
0: Oh, <laughs> you've written to him and he's written back?
1: Yeah. Well, a little postcard. He's like, read, read industrial society and in the future. If you go back and read uh, a short one he wrote called The System's Neatest Trick, it straight up spells out Antifa and everything that's happening right now. I think I totally disagree with his violent acts. I'll make that clear. But I cannot argue against his manifesto. The first like two-thirds of it is spot on. It's he really, his assessment, his assessment of the left yeah.
0: is amazing. He's, and it's and spot on. yeah,
1: <laughs> the over socialized leftist section, I was like, this is what I've always thought. And this guy's articulated it. And I see, I was in high school and that came out. And I remember reading that. Uh, and I was just going to read the beginning. and I ended up reading the whole thing. And I have reread that every time I'm on a long plane flight, I read it again i'm like yeah he's so right and he he's nailing it um everyone needs to go and read that everyone needs to read industrial society and its future and they should also read the systems a trick
0: yeah i have a friend who's a green anarchist and he's a former like hardcore green anarchist and we're going to do an episode in a couple weeks on kaczynski just go going over the highlights of uh of his writings of the manifesto, the recent documentary they did that has a, on Netflix that has excerpts of an interview that he did. uh, He's highly
1: influenced by Nietzsche and, and George Bernard Shaw and guys like that. But I knew a guy in Elf uh, who knew Ted. I call him Ted. No, (laughs) we joke and say, uh, after the red pill, you have to take the Ted pill. It's uh, it's something that, you need it he's a modern philosopher I like he nailed it on the left so perfectly and there's really no argument against it other than yeah well that's the unabomber i'm like okay but that's not an argument so i'm terrible they did but that doesn't change what he said okay say i said it instead what's the comeback on this he nailed it on his views on autonomy and the psychological ties to happiness through the power process is right from everything at all my life experience. I, I'm like, that is, he nailed it. And, uh, and he ties it back so perfectly. Uh, and I don't think you could have written that any more concise as long as it is like he broke it down, gave a perfect number of examples and showed how sick the system is. And I know one guy that's read it as Tucker Carlson because he straight up quoted like four lines of it to Ben Shapiro and <laughs> anyone else that was listening. go, yo, Oh, you've read uncle Ted, haven't you? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a capitalist, but I'm not married to it. He's like, there's a lot of problems with industrial society because of, and he just rattled off Ted points. And I just thought, all right, one of us, no, But <laughs> that would be a great interview. Do you think that's possible now? I'd love to know what he thinks about the current situation that he I
0: think you'd have to go – it would have to be face-to-face, and be, I don't know if he'd even grant it at this point.
1: I'd like to talk to Ramsey Youssef, too.
0: Well, I mean, what? who's on that – who's on that block with him? Randy, Ramsey Youssef, Eric Rudolph. Um, what's his name from the uh, Oklahoma City bombing?
1: A guy that, that worked Mc, for
0: – Terry McNichol. Ter- uh, Nichols. Yeah. Terry yeah, Nichols is on that. A, yeah.
1: a guy that worked for my dad – um, a guy that worked for my father was the son of Lee Harvey Oswald's handler at the O.N.I. That's where the one phone call he made was to uh, a navy base. That and this guy uh, told me where Eric Rudolph was and where he was hiding. He was in Asheville, North Carolina, before he was caught and went off on the Kennedy thing. And I, I was like. 16 or something listening to all this, and I just thought, whatever, dude. And then they caught Eric Rudolph, and he was exactly where he said. And then I was like, man, I want to go back and ask him more about JFK because I had at that age I did not know that about Oswald yet. And I was like, that was all in Texas, so he didn't not involved in North Carolina or whatever. Like, oh yes, it was, and because his father was one of his handlers. Um. I'm not gonna drop that can of worms right now about JFK, but it's interesting that they knew about Eric Rudolph. And I know another guy um, that you should interview about the Oklahoma City bombing because it is there is definitely um, more than meets the eye there
0: on that one. Oh, we've done. Um, is it Richard Booth? No, it's Josh Snyder. So you need to okay. talk to Richard Booth. Put together the largest archive of OKC stuff, and we're hosting it on the Libertarian Institute right now. It is, it's a massive, massive archive. And Scott and I actually interviewed him together. And yeah, there's of course, there's so much more there. I mean, <laughs> the people who think that there were these two guys who just did this together, it,
1: some you don't know, even say like, two, they just think McVeigh did it all by himself. You, yeah.
0: know, you, know, and they, you know, they never ask questions about the, um, the ATF office and why there was a missile and why they were storing they a missile in, it, yeah. There, yeah. in there, why um, Elohim City, Andreas Strasmeier, none of this stuff comes up, you know, Andreas Strasmeier's ties to the Southern Poverty Law Center where it seems like he was getting all his orders from. Yeah. I mean, that was, well, I'm, uh,
1: I'm well aware. I actually interviewed Scott about it. We saw eye to eye without me knowing what he was th- thought about it. it. Ended up being pretty much the same. Unfortunately, that interview kept getting interrupted. I was on like someone else's show and p- people were calling in with just dumb nonsense. And if it had been my show, I would just hung up on them all, but I had to like address it and it kept interrupting what it, it ate into at our time. It sucks, but well, um, let me,
0: let's do this. We're, we're closing in on an hour and a half and I want to finish off going back to the first subject. What do you think is going to happen here? I mean, there are people out there who think that, you know, they're waiting for the pedophiles to be marched out in handcuffs. And I mean, how does well, this we had play Well, we got two out? of
1: them, you know, well, Harvey Weinstein rapists anyway, I would say. Yeah. It's three of them because Jeffrey's dead now and Maxwell's in jail, Weinstein's in jail. She needs to squeal. We know that uh, Shelly Ann Lewis, another girlfriend of Epstein was mentioned in an email between Maxwell and Epstein, which is important because it was in 2015 and she's been brought up on perjury charges from 2016. And she's saying, Oh, I, I had not had contact with him in 10 years. She had had contact with him in one year right? From, from her perjury charges. So she's going to lose that that charge for sure. That keeps her in jail. But of course the larger charges are the procurement and rape. She will plea bargain because this kind of narcissistic woman that was so arrogant and naive, she asked the judge that she be housed in a luxury hotel in Manhattan while she waits <laughs> she's definitely a flight risk she had 15 international flights in the last three years she came to japan actually i thought that's maybe that's what the smell was now uh, i been to the uk guitar she's been all over the world she's got millions of dollars and all, all these different bank accounts and she's got a lot of sugar daddies a husband in fact <laughs> a secret husband she's going to plea bargain, but I would not see this going up the chain to Wexner and Brompton. I can see it going down or sideways. Maybe a uh, Jean-Luc Brunel, Sarah Kellen, uh, possibly even Dershowitz because he's 81. He's served as he's been a soldier and they could throw him under the bus, which would be funny because that guy's irredeemable. Um, But I just don't, I would love to be like, oh yeah, they're all going down. But the Bronfman's and the Wexner's and these, and the Dubin's are probably safe because they're talking about billionaires and they would plea bargain too. And this would never end. Right. So if she gives any inkling that she's going to tell on them, she's a dead woman. And as bad as it would look for another, you know, Epstein cohort to suicide in prison, that's still not as bad as not killing her and her telling the beans and everybody. So I think they'll do some damage control still better than nothing. I mean, getting her was good and we'll get some of the other procurers and like low level Epstein minions at best, but I hope I'm wrong. I hope it goes up the chain. I'd love to get Ehud Barak and Leslie Wexter and all the mega group people, you know, Steinhardt and the rest of them. But I, I just don't see I mean they've got the might of Bear Stearns and Global Apollo management and all these billionaires in real estate and so on and actual hedge fund managers that I just don't think it's possible I mean they're about they're too well they too rich to fail or whatever you call it too big to too big to jail. they're too big to jail.
0: do you think but they uh, do you think they'd sacrifice some of the entertainers?
1: I think they're the lowest fruit on the tree. Really, yeah, they could do that. Yeah, I, I can make the highest. Maybe Prince Andrew would take a fall because he was so stupid. Mm.
0: I I don't see. I'm not. I'm not even
1: convinced that I know Clinton witnessed the crimes, but Clinton seems to have at least been into women of age because all his other prior rape victims that came out, like during his presidency, were were young, but all like. 20 and up so and he didn't have any accusers younger than that so where there's jennifer flowers all the way up to lewinsky lewinsky was not raped a willing participant but she was honey trap but uh all and i love how trump had all the women in the front row facing hillary during the debates <laughs> <laughs> you gotta give it to him on that one they're all of age so it seems like he was probably in the like normal honey trap <laughs> for lack of better term and friends with Jeffrey and all, but it wasn't into kids, so you couldn't get him with kids. But he had to witness it. Like he—he he definitely witnessed topless girls at the pool and didn't say anything. And they were teenagers, but it seemed like they couldn't get him to bite on that because he's just not into that. You know, a lot of kids, a lot of regular people are just not attracted to children. You know, and Clinton's a little too clever for that. He's like, why? Why not just? have sex with an adult like you know if you're doing that with a kid that someone's trying to blackmail you you know and clinton's blackmail people themselves so they know the game inside and out they've been doing that since he was governor of arkansas so i just don't think slick Willie would mess up like that he would cover it up he'd play stupid he'd do all that but i don't think clinton would bite on any of epstein's crumbs because if he did why would you need monica Lewinsky? because you'd already have him Right, They got him with a woman of age instead. So that makes me think he wasn't playing around with kids. But the, what he was doing was bad too. And it's it's adultery, but it doesn't matter because Hillary was doing the same thing. I mean, they're a power couple. That's you know their business. But I can think of a lot of worse things that Bill Clinton did than his sexual depravity that make me hate him a lot more.
0: <laughs> you know? so. I hear you, man. Why don't you plug anything you need to? Because I know that you, you know, you've been cut off from so many donation sites and PayPal and everything. So how do people support you now?
1: Yeah, I've lost Patreon and PayPal and all the normal anything. Kicked off Twitter, kicked off Facebook. You know, this is what happens when uh, you go after the billionaire class and you don't add kook sauce. You get real censorship. They're trying to financially ruin me. But I have uh, banks and servers in Asia where we actually still have free speech. Isn't that sad <laughs> that I'm an American and I have to find free speech in Asia? <laughs> but I've got a website called ancreport.com and people can sign up to become members there if they want to support. And if you leave a tip of 50 bucks or more, I've got a giant 30 by 24 inch Epstein crime map with all the players and a little detail of uh, what they've been accused of or convicted of. And I didn't put anyone on the map that even though I know like they had to at least be in the black book plus something else to get on the map. Otherwise the map would never end. You know? <laughs> but all the big players are on there, the financial institutions, the rape rings and so on. We can't let this story die. I mean, this is like I was saying, the most vulnerable they've ever been, the closest they've ever come. That fact that five, for five seconds on Netflix, they had a picture of Les Wexner. Didn't say his name or who he was. He just said there's a picture of Les Wexner, right? Like <clears throat> he's getting accused, he's selling assets. Like if, if they're worried, right? And they're throwing disinfo into Q and all that it means they're scared. So they believe they could be prosecuted. So maybe they can. You know, maybe we finally got them. Wouldn't that be something? Uh, And I'm doing everything to my last breath to make sure we get as many of them as possible. Because this has been going on too long, has to end. We got them on the defense for the first time in history that I know of, where they've really, princes and billionaires are, are on the run, are in hiding. Some of them are in jail. Some of them have been suicided. They're trying to kill judges. That is a desperate act. I mean, they can't win. They don't have, they don't have this judge. They got nothing on her. Right. So um, Epstein crime map at ancreport.com slash tips. And I have a YouTube and I have a brand new tube. You know about that? BNT. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just at Ryan Dawson show. And, uh, yeah, I usually you can find everything I'm doing over on Anti-Neocon Report. So appreciate coming back on and talking about all these subjects. And I'm sorry for the uh the two-year-old in the beginning that really didn't want to sleep. But
0: Dude, that's real life, man.
1: I don't have an office and stuff. I honestly, if I would if I hadn't been canceled from PayPal and Patreon, I could have bought one. But and Vimeo, too, they took six thousand dollars from me. Uh it's hard to tell the truth. You really get a lot of flack. I know you're facing some censorship too. Um, It's not a contest or anything, but I'm just saying everybody, everyone good I know is being kicked off something, you know, and that's just, that's something all of us have got to support, the bit shoots, which are no longer linkable on Twitter, and the brand new tubes, and the gabs, and the VKs, and anything alternative, because Facebook and Twitter and all these normal channels are full on censorship. Like they just did an executive order against TikTok. Why? Because the Chinese spyware? No, it's because you don't own it. Someone else does. And it's a way that people, even for one minute, could say the truth. They can't allow it. To be fair, China also banned Facebook. <laughs> so like, government is government. Doesn't matter where you live. But uh, they do not like us having the ability to speak freely and the more you tell the truth and the closer you get to these criminals the more they're going to smear you with and the the dirtier the smears are going to be but I'm hoping that uh, I've been through the crucible and out again and because I have survived all the slings and arrows that other journalists will not self censor and go well Ryan made it so maybe I can make it because I've been accused of everything there is and it didn't work so I've come out on the other side. I've been called a Holocaust denier, a racist, a Zionist shill, a Russian agent, a CIA agent, just whatever they could throw at me to try and stick. It didn't work. So dot And I am going to probably be digging through your uh, Oklahoma stuff on the Libertarian Institute. Cause that's very interesting to me.
0: Libertarianinstitute.org <laughs> uh, forward slash OKC.
1: Oh yeah. I'm. I'm going to, spend a few hours on there. Tonight, oh, it's,
0: dude, it, it, it's nuts. You just, it's, you start digging into it. It's just like, uh, uh oh, this is what I start, do. It's, <laughs> that's
1: it's, it's perfect for me. That's like, Oh yeah. I found a new document. It's like, Oh, uh, another cache of Oklahoma city documents. Yes. Go get some ice cream and be sitting there reading them. Like, I love that. I like, I, I like doing this kind of stuff because the end of it, you get to prosecute some criminals and that OKC and Waco and Ruby Ridge and these, these are all related events. If people knew, especially Waco, they'd be so pissed off at our government, rightly so. And it's just now be possible to get justice for some of these things because the internet was a little baby back in 1995. Right. And you know, I think if we keep pushing on these things that a lot of this could be cleaned up. And so I do have hope that Maxwell is going to plea bargain and some of these big names will fall. And even if they're not prosecuted in the law, they'll get prosecuted in the court of public opinion, right? I don't think anybody should ever shop at Victoria's Secret or Abercrombie and Finch ever again. I don't care if you sold it or whatever, like boycott these people. You don't need that lingerie or whatever. It's so replaceable. You know, having a VS on it doesn't matter, right? Stop, stop buying. If they if they have companies, don't buy, don't shop there. Right? That's step one. And we the more we push on this, the more we can force the uh, the three letter networks to bring it up. Tucker Carlson interviewed Dershowitz the other day. I mean, who saw that coming? So as black pilled as some of us are, now and then. We do get a little bit of justice on these things. It's not going to be like Iran-Contra where they just commute everyone's sentences. You can't act like that anymore in the age of the Internet, which is why they're trying to censor the Internet. And that's got to be the most important issue is free speech. Because without that, all your other rights fade away. Free speech and guns, that's what you need.
0: Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Free Man Beyond the Wall podcast. I want to thank Ryan for returning to the show. That's it. Be back in a few days with another episode. Take care and bye.